Porcelain Travels, true stories of humorous and harrowing experiences in, on, and around toilets, tubs, and showers encountered on my travels, excerpted from the forthcoming book, which may or may not be of the same name, by me, Matthew Felix. Falling to Pieces I wanted to hide out from the world. I wanted to focus on writing. I wanted to lose myself in nature. When online I discovered a tiny, dirt-cheap house in an isolated Andalusian mountain village, I knew I'd found exactly what I was looking for. I had just arrived, and the landlords, a gay British couple who lived down on the coast, were giving me a tour. When we got to the bathroom, something stood out right away. It wasn't the room's minuscule size or unusually low ceiling or lack of windows, all of which made it feel like a cave. It was the boulder sticking out of the wall. Perhaps four feet tall and three feet wide, in a room barely large enough for one person, the boulder was hard to miss. It wasn't a decorative element, at least not a deliberate one. It was part of the mountainside on which the village was built. Too large to be easily removed, the boulder had been left where it was the house constructed around it. The fact the building originally had been a stable no doubt made the boulder even less of an issue. Village archives showed no record of donkeys, goats, or chickens lodging any formal complaints about the big rock sticking out of the wall. As interesting as it was visually, something else set the boulder apart. It was alive. I was never able to explain it. Somehow little pieces of rock routinely fell from the boulder, gathering at its base like drops of water that go unnoticed until enough of them form a pool. I couldn't help but wonder if the big rock wasn't crying softly to itself as it slowly fell to pieces. I didn't know what to do other than to be there for it, which I was, several times a day. That's because the toilet was right next to it. Like the boulder, it too was under the staircase. If you were a man, or for that matter an adventuresome woman, you were welcome to attempt peeing standing up. However, doing so required that you lean forward at a 45-degree angle and balance yourself against the wall. The underside of the staircase was so low that standing upright was nearly impossible. The encroaching staircase did have one advantage. If you dozed off while on the pot, you didn't have far to fall before hitting your head on the stairs, guaranteeing that you woke up before tumbling to the floor. When it happened to me, late one night after a few too many glasses of wine, I couldn't have been more thankful the stairs were there to stop my fall. The bathroom had a small shower. It even had a shower curtain, hung from a tree branch. I could never decide if it was charmingly rustic or, well, sort of pathetic. It also had very hot water and a place to hang the shower head. Compared to some of the other bathing facilities on my travels, it was full service. There was, however, one thing that bothered me about the shower. I wasn't the only one using it. In all fairness, they were there before me. On the other hand, I was the one paying the rent, and I didn't appreciate how they snuck around, only showing up at night and hoping I wouldn't notice. It felt deceitful and intrusive. What's more, it wasn't just once in a while. It was every night, without fail. If I turned on the lights, there they were, caught in the act, doing whatever it was they did under the cover of darkness. Worst of all, there were lots of them cockroaches. In addition to the shower drain, I suspected they came up through the kitchen sink, since they were sure to be found on the kitchen floor, too, whenever I went downstairs at night. 
What I was never able to figure out was whether there were three different species or a single variety in different stages of its life cycle. Never a big fan of toxic chemicals, it was only after exhausting all my options that I finally bought the bug spray. I had given the little house a deep cleaning. I had made sure never to leave so much as a crumb on the countertops or floor. I had hoped my presence, my moving around and turning the lights on and off as I went about my business, would act as a deterrent. But the roaches were already well established. They weren't going anywhere. They simply changed their habits, like rebellious youth, waiting until I went to bed to come out and party. The chemicals reduced their numbers. However, the bug spray in the shower washed away each time I bathed. The largest, most unsightly creatures continued making their routine appearances through the drain. Until I shut them out. I didn't need chemicals, at least not in the shower. I needed a barricade. When I discovered that the coffee cups in the kitchen fit perfectly over the shower drain, I had my solution. Each morning before I showered, I tapped the coffee cup several times, signaling to any roaches still trying to breach my defenses that they needed to be on their way. I was reclaiming the shower for myself. One morning, still half asleep, I went downstairs, tapped on the coffee cup, and picked it up. Lying in wait, a huge roach made a break for it, scurrying into the shower. Caught off guard, I dropped the coffee cup and jumped back. It wasn't that I was unaccustomed to roaches. Besides the ones in the house, I'd encountered lots of them on my travels. Some of those encounters had made more of an impression than others. But none stood out more than Palm Springs. A friend had purchased a condo, and she needed someone to drive down some things for the new place. She would bring a second load in a separate car the next day. Never having been to Palm Springs, I was more than happy to do her the favor, especially since I was getting a free trip out of the deal. After a seven-hour drive from San Francisco, I easily found the condo, located in a stucco-covered 70s-era complex, an all-too-familiar agglomeration of uninspired cream-colored boxes and labyrinthine parking lots. I let myself in and headed for the bathroom. Turning on the light, I discovered roach carcasses littering the tub and sink. I took the fact that they were all dead, and seemed to have been for quite a while, as a sign the apartment had been treated by exterminators, and hoped for the best. Nearly midnight, I got settled in the apartment, unrolled my sleeping bag on the floor, and turned out the lights. I was exhausted. The floor was hard, but lying down and stretching out felt good. As I drifted off to sleep, I heard the faint sound of a television in a neighboring unit. I couldn't tell where the sound was coming from exactly. Most likely, it was from downstairs. The more I listened, in spite of myself since I was trying to fall asleep, the more I began to question what I heard. The sounds seemed vaguely electronic, but I gradually became less certain they were coming from a television after all. I felt something on my head. Mussing my hair as though I had mistaken depilatory cream for shampoo and had to rinse it out before every follicle was burnt from my head, I jumped up and turned on the light. A large roach was scrambling across the floor. No furnishings to afford it any cover, I saw the filth-loving creature in all its vile glory. Jagged legs, useless folded wings, and long, probing antenna. It hadn't been a TV. It had been a roach. On my head. So close I had heard its peculiar mumbling. Who even knew roaches mumbled? I rolled up my sleeping bag and went to find a hotel. As for the roach now in my shower, it was about three inches long. There wasn't room in the bathroom for the both of us. One of us had to go. 
I ran to the kitchen, grabbed the broom, and went to battle. The black insect darted up and down the white walls of the shower. Over and over I swatted with the broom, my adrenaline pumping. Over and over the roach narrowly escaped. Even when I did make contact, the defiant bug withstood the impact without injury. Having no bones has its advantages. More than once I could have sworn I even heard it laugh. So not only did roaches mumble, they laughed too? Despite its defiance, ultimately the roach was no less happy with the situation than I. Eventually conceding defeat, it bolted for the drain. I rushed to turn on the shower, hoping to make the drain pipe into a water slide, washing the brazen beast that much further away. Down the mountain, ideally, if not all the way out to sea. Could roaches swim? From that day forward, my morning taps on the coffee cup were considerably more emphatic than prior to the face-off. At times I got so carried away they seemed to reverberate to the house's very foundation, if not the base of the mountain. In any event, I had made my point. My creepy crawly adversary never again showed its beady-eyed face. (laughs) 